Welcome to the Chief Zone Podcast. This is Farzee Vesugian. And you are more than halfway through your week. We are getting close to the second Chiefs preseason game. Not going to be a very long show. Not a whole lot to talk about, but still some things to get into here on this episode. The Kansas City Chiefs coming off a pretty good showing in their first preseason contest. What do they have to do moving forward as they get ready to face the Pittsburgh Steelers? Who do we want to see from the most in Saturday night's preseason game? And we'll touch on some of the biggest stories from training camp this week. Plus, one really big accomplishment in sports and one pro athlete making his return. All of that and much more here on this episode of the Chief Zone Podcast. I am joined by Zach Steginga. And if you guys want to interact with Zach and I on Twitter, you can do so. I am at Farzine21 on Twitter. Zach is at ZSteginga on Twitter. And you guys can... Like my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Farzivisugian. Follow and like my page on there. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Podbean. And the voicemail line slash text line, 913-808-2119. As I said, Zach is here with me on this episode all the way from New York City. Zach, how's it going, man? It's going good, Farz. How are you, man? Good, good. Uh, Pretty tired. (laughs) Pretty tired. I mean, that's that's normal for me, but... um, uh, you've been you've been traveling back and forth quite a lot lately. I mean, you've been you've definitely been busier more than me, at least. Yeah, last weekend was a pretty crazy one. Flew back home for a funeral, and uh, it was a really quick turnaround. I didn't appreciate just uh, you know how many things you can pack into you know little over a day uh, in Kansas yeah. City. But boy, did we make the most of it! What is the weather like in New York right now compared to Kansas City? Honestly, sadly, it reminds me a lot of home. It is hot and humid. But uh, oh wow! Yeah, you know, with all of these people stacked up on top of each other, like you, I honestly like you can give me the Kansas City humidity over this, just because at least that way you got some elbow room to it. Whereas like, yeah, getting on a subway car, especially at this time of year, like, yeah, pretty rough. Don't recommend it. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, like I said, I've never been to New York, but I've heard you know the funny stories about the subways and all. I'm surprised to hear about the humidity. Now, I've got to admit, I have never been in the northeast region of the United States. Um, I think the, well, technically the only time my family and I, when we were moving to the United States, our first stop was in New York, but we were just in the the, uh, airport. So technically that doesn't really count being in the city. Um, But yeah, I've always wanted to visit the city. I'm surprised to hear about the humidity there. I didn't think it would be uh, the same as, uh, as Kansas City. Yeah, by all accounts from you know, all the people I've met who are locals, this is not normal for them. Uh, I mean, again, for me, it feels <laughs> a little bit like home, but for them, it's just, you know, I think one of the circles of hell, if you were to ask most of them. Uh, but yeah, I think that, you know, it's supposed to even out a little bit. Uh, you know, just been the hottest summer on record around here, which, yeah, I I guess I brought the heat with me from Kansas City. I don't really know, but yeah, well, at least... You're you're used to it, so you're not uh, suffering as much as uh, everyone else is over no, there. Uh, but again, like I said, when you're stacked up with that many people, it's a different level of suffering. Yeah, for sure. Um, as I said, uh, you can follow Zach at the Steginga. You can follow me at Farzine Twenty One. And speaking of social media, by the way, uh, big ups to our winners for the Mahomes Magic Crunch giveaways: Dexter on Facebook and Melody on Twitter. The winners have been contacted and they have already responded. So. Uh, big ups to those guys for winning. However, do not be discouraged if you did not win. We still have more to give away. 
Uh, I will do another giveaway soon. Haven't decided exactly when yet, but we will do it at some point um, pretty soon. I'll make an announcement on here on the podcast and as uh, as we move on on social media. Uh, I also just found this um, Chiefs Kingdom flag from 2016 laying around. And I asked on Twitter, Zach, I go, uh, would anyone be interested if I did a giveaway for this? It's sealed, never been opened, nothing. And everyone was like, yes, yes, do it. You have to do it. I'm like, all right, I Supposedly, I guess that was a dumb question, but a lot of people are interested in, uh, in a flag from a few years ago. So uh, we'll definitely uh, do a giveaway for that as I mean, I think well that, yeah. in the near future. For some, if it's sealed up, man, there's uh, collector value on some of that stuff. No, it's certainly understandable. I, 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 that's why I emphasize that, hey, it's still uh, sealed up. It's uh, it's ready to go. That's funny. Um, by the way, I have to tell you a really funny story. I forgot to mention this last episode. So uh, I mentioned this on Facebook and Twitter. I don't know if you saw it, but my brother and I... We ordered uh, Papa John's pizza. And for those who are like, oh, Papa John, look, I'm not too picky on pizza. I mean, give me whatever. But we ordered Papa John's. And we ordered fairly early uh, because we knew that, you know, just everyone's watching the game. People are always ordering pizza. And it it, it takes forever the closer you order to kick off. Yeah. Even for and, a preseason yeah, game. you just weren't close enough to the pizza shuttle that they put in there. So I get it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so... I, uh, I I ordered, and I hear the door, doorbell ring, so I go to my door, and I see two Papa John's drivers in my driveway, and I'm thinking, okay, wait a minute, and the, one of the guys actually came up to the door, one of them still in the driveway in his truck, they were already interacting with each other, and the guy who was at the door says, hey, did you order twice? I'm like... Wait a minute, and I quickly, you know, I check my bank, I check my email for like a confirmation email, and I only got one confirmation email. And in my head, I'm like, I'm not going to say no to more pizza. I mean, of course, even though not. it may not be mine. <laughs> but um, were they both the driver? Like, you know, was it your order just delivered twice? No, uh, it was the guy who actually rang my doorbell. He was supposed to be, you know, delivering to my door. The guy who just showed up seconds after he actually showed up to the wrong house. It just turned out to be a major coincidence that they were both Papa John's drivers. So, uh, wait, so yeah, did, I don't know what did this end up with you getting two pizzas? No, no. The guy figured out ah, that he was bummer. at the wrong address. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that would have been nice though. Um, well, he that had one box fantastic. in his hand. Yeah. He had one box uh, of pizza, uh, on him. So I was like, okay, this is definitely not my order. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know what the odds are of that to, to have two different Papa John's, Drivers or any pizza delivery drivers, and to order once, but for two drivers to show up at the same time, one of them realizing it was on accident. I like I've never had that happen before. No, but that that's pretty hilarious. I think the only way that that'd make a better story is if again you got bonus pizza out of the deal. But yeah, yeah. I, certainly, I I think Dave Portnoy would be jealous. I don't think Dave Portnoy's ever had that uh, <laughs> double the amount of pizza. Uh, but nonetheless, before we get on with the show, um, are you a pro wrestling fan, Zach? Or did you ever watch it when you were younger? I mean, yeah, of course you watch it growing up, but was I a super huge fan? Not not really. Okay, so you're familiar with Stone Cold Steve Austin, correct? Of course. Okay, so for those who don't know, uh, I mean, I, I'm sure you, you all have at least heard the name. Stone Cold Steve Austin was one of the... Uh, I want to word this correctly. I mean, a lot of people consider him as a guy who should be on the Mount Rushmore of pro wrestling. I mean, this guy really helped 
create yeah, a big him spark. And, in, you know, Macho Man Randy Savage, right? Yeah, yeah. In the nineties, I mean, he was a beer drinking guy, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, he's now in the WWE Hall of Fame. He was he wrestled mostly back when it was called the WWF. He has uh, a really famous podcast that he interviews a lot of wrestlers on there. I think he does some non-wrestlers. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. But he has a TV show that premiered on Monday night called Straight Up with Steve Austin. And his very first guest uh, was Rob Riggle, uh, who, as a lot of people know, proud Kansas Cityan, former Marine, and obviously a Celebrity Chiefs fan. He shared a really funny story. He actually had his um, Kansas City is for Hustler shirt on. As they uh, recorded that episode. As you would. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, uh, which was pretty cool. Uh, and they talked about Kansas City, and Steve Austin shared a story about Municipal Auditorium, how he had done some shows, and he knew some uh, other, wrestler, uh, other wrestlers in the industry that did some shows at Municipal Auditorium, and Rob Riggle shared a funny story when his dad would drop him off and his friends off back when he was 12 years old. And they would figure out, like, in pro wrestling, they have the good guys and the bad guys. The good guys are the faces, and the bad guys are the heels. And so Rob Riggle and his friends, they found out where the uh, bad guy locker room was, and they would just wait outside. And Riggle goes, being the 12-year-old punks we were, we would wait for the uh, the bad guys to get back to their locker room, and we would flip them off and yell F you to them. Which is pretty funny. <laughs> Just to like imagine Rob Riggle doing that. Um, but it, it, if you guys haven't seen the episode, it's pretty cool. He talked about serving in the Marines and his transition to comedy. He has a really interesting Saturday Night Live story. Um, so if you get a chance, uh, definitely check this out. Did you ever get a chance to see this, Zach? No, I haven't yet, but I'm going to make a point to look it up for sure. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I know a lot of uh, TV networks on their websites. You can watch shows on demand, so maybe USA would have this on their website. So definitely worth uh, checking out if uh, you guys ever get the chance. But nonetheless, moving on uh, with the show, the Kansas City Chiefs getting ready to play the Pittsburgh Steelers on Saturday. And by the way, on an uh, unrelated note, uh, big ups to uh, the Steelers organization and to the family members of Daryl Drake. Prayers up to uh, everyone involved. Daryl Drake was the wide receivers coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He passed away on Sunday morning, reports came out, I believe. So uh, I'm sure they've been working on a replacement to um, to have someone uh, cover his duties for the remainder of the season. But the Kansas City Chiefs, they came off a really great showing on Saturday. Now, Zach, I know it's easy to get excited because it is that first preseason game. Uh, you know, you're eager, especially coming off that, you know, you were basically an offsides penalty away from going to the Super Bowl. So at this point, you you just want to see this team back into action and get ready for the 2019 season. And that first preseason game, you're so stoked to see everyone just go off, especially the way the Chiefs performed on Saturday night. Uh, at the same time, it is the preseason. We've got to we've got to remember that as well. Last year, the Chiefs didn't look too hot in the preseason, especially when the Chiefs starters. Didn't do as good against some of the backups against Atlanta and the Bears. Zach, I've got to ask you. It's been a couple of days now. We've been able to look back and reflect a little longer. Where do you stand on the fact that the Chiefs did look good in that preseason game, but it it is just a preseason game? I mean, I think that, you know, obviously it being the preseason needs to be taken with a little bit of a grain of salt, but it's hard not to be high on that offense when you see some of the, uh, you know, emerging weapons, and then of course, you know the, albeit brief but certainly very consistent showing uh, that we saw from, you know, all of our you know kind of standard first teamers, right? 
Um, you know, Mahomes' single drive was you know, very well orchestrated, and then to just imagine seeing you know people like Michael Hardman and Darwin Thompson, you know, easily folding into that mix. I mean, it's it's hard not to be excited about the offense. The defense, that's a little bit of a different story. Get that it's a work in progress, but uh, definitely going to need to see some more from them to you know, have the confidence that they're not going to keep us from a Super Bowl once again. Uh, what was Mahomes? Was he 4 for 4 or 5 of five, of 5? 4 for 4. Okay, so the reason I bring that up, you know, we may sit here and you just mentioned offense looked great. And the defense did not look good. And I'm just talking about the starters, by the way. Um, So as Chiefs fans, we're basically saying outside of the first team defense, everything looked swell on Saturday. But Andy Reid and the coaching staff, and look, this applies for all 32 teams. Andy Reid still looked at that offense and, and said, look, we've got some things to work on here. Even though from our perspective... We we look at it and we think everything's perfect. Coaches are always nitpicking on the smallest things, so I'm sure there were some things Which that is came their up. Job. That, yeah, exactly. That's their job, and and I'm sure Andy Reid has uh, has worked on that and addressed that with the team, uh, as have all the other 31 NFL coaches. So there are always things to work on and things that you can always do to get better before you move on. Um, let's talk about this week's game uh, because we didn't see Tyron Matthew, we didn't see Frank Clark. Uh, or excuse me, we, we we saw Tyron Matthew briefly, I should say. Uh, Tyree Kill, I believe, was on the field for just one play. And that was one of the players who I really wanted to see simply because... not I'm not saying he's going to take a big step back because he was inactive all offseason with the team, suspended all offseason. But more so, look, you didn't get to participate so much in the offseason team activities uh, or OTAs for that matter. Um mm-hmm. And again, it's like, you know, having that off-season rapport is still a good thing. I know he's making plays in training camp, but I think it'd be, it would mean a little more if uh, we saw some of that in, uh, in, in a preseason game against uh, somebody else instead of your own teammates. Uh, so we'll see if uh, Tyreek Hill uh, plays a little bit more this week. Let me just ask you this. Given what we saw in the first preseason game, what are your expectations from the starters in terms of how much we will see them in Week 2? I'd expect, you know, probably, you know, a quarter, maybe, maybe, I mean, certainly not the way that, you know, Andy suggested that they'd play the first team offense throughout the entire first quarter. They really only got the one, um, you know, the one drive, part of that being due to the fact that, you know, the Bengals took a long time in that first quarter uh, yeah. to march down the field against our defense. Uh, but I'd expect to see, you know, probably two, three drives from our uh, first team offense not sure with the defense I might even leave them out there for the full first half just to see what we've got um but uh, yeah I think that you'll see it ramp up a little bit you know it'll peak in you know the third game but then at that point you know I mean it's pretty much common knowledge that you know game four of the preseason is always going to be the uh yeah the kind of last evaluations where you might even not see the starters at all I have a question did you feel like the Bengals defense were uh, were a bit rough on the Chiefs because I remember Mahomes took a hit when I saw the game live I I called for uh uh unnecessary roughness uh, or a late hit on the quarterback we yet when I saw the replay I, I thought okay all right maybe not necessarily the case uh but it was a pretty hard hit on Mahomes and I noticed one of the Bengals defenders they had a pretty hard hit on Sammy Watkins 
Uh, and look, I mean, that's just typical. It happens to the Patriots. It's It's been happening to the Patriots for a long time. People just bring it a little harder against these top-tier teams. The Chiefs are now one of those teams. Um, did you notice that when you watched the, the first preseason game? I mean, aside from the one late hit uh, on Mahomes that you were mentioning, I don't. I didn't think anything was too out of... I, mean, I think it's. I don't know if it's necessarily you know coming at us hard because we're one of the favorites this year, or if it's the fact that you know let's be real, this is one of the first times that uh, I don't know if the Bengals have done you know mixed practices with other teams the way that some do in the preseason. But uh, let's be real, I think that part of it's they're just juiced to hit somebody that isn't a teammate. Uh, so I didn't think anything was too out of line realistically. Yeah, that's a fair point. That's something to consider as well. My thing is, look, and I know I've said this probably several times now, I I don't really know if I need to see the first-team offense out there too much. I'd like to see Mahomes work with guys like McCole Hardman and Byron Pringle. I know Pringle had a very quiet game, uh, but still a couple of games left. Uh, Pringle didn't go off in the first preseason game last year, something to, to bear in mind. Um, but yeah, I'd like to see, you know, him, uh, work with Blake Bell and Pringle and Hardman. Um, in fact, one of the stories, uh, we'll touch on this a little bit and maybe work a little bit more with Darwin Thompson. Um, so I don't know exactly how much I would want to see from guys like Watkins and, 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 and Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey. Uh, I, I think they, they need a few repetitions. Don't get me wrong, but, uh, I, I'd like to see Mahomes kind of get in there with some of the uh, some of the twos um, on the field. That's something I definitely want to see. I don't know how much of that we'll get, uh, but I think these um, these receivers, uh, a lot of them who are going to do some great things this year, uh, even the guys behind Tyree Kill and Sammy Watkins, they're going to do some really good things, and I'd like to see them kind of get their feet wet and maybe establish some of that on-field chemistry with Patrick Mahomes in a preseason game. Um you know, maybe you mix up the uh, formations a little bit with with the personnel and all. Uh, maybe that's a possibility. I'm hoping we see some of that in Saturday night's game. Yeah, and honestly, when it comes to that sort of thing, I care about it less to see the way Mahomes interacts with them as it as I do, you know, seeing how they react to Mahomes. If that makes any sense, um, recognizing the man's like you know the equivalent of a human jugs machine in terms of how hard the ball comes out of his hand. Uh, just making sure, I guess, confirming that. They're not going to let it bounce off their fingertips the way that, you know, I'm sure they've worked with them in practice on many occasions too, but just, it's just always important to see some level of chemistry there. And realistically, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see any of Sammy Watkins this week, uh, by all reports, he's been sick. Uh, so if that means he takes a seat, bummer. I mean, as someone who's been injured fairly regularly, I think it's not a bad idea to, you know, kind of keep him under wraps until the regular season, if, if at all possible. I do agree with you. You were mentioning earlier the defense. I really want to see more of the starting defense. And again, how much how much meaning is that going to have if the Steelers pull Roethlisberger and the rest of the um, starting offense sooner than maybe the Chiefs would pull their starting defense? Um, who knows? I remember last year the starting offense uh, in Week Two's preseason game uh, for the Chiefs against the Falcons. Uh, they were on the field, I believe, for the entire uh, first half. Whereas the Falcons changed things up pretty early with their with their starters. So every team is going to handle it differently. But yeah, I, I do want to see more of Tyron Matthew. I do want to see Frank Clark. Uh, I want to see Frank Clark and Chris Jones together for a few snaps to just to see what that looks like. Uh, the idea sounds awesome. I'd like to 
see it on my TV screen for a few plays before it it's for real in September. Um, defensively, like I said, I, nothing too impressive. I think a lot of people saw shades of Bob Sutton. Again, maybe it's a work in progress. Keep in mind, some of the players that are returning uh, from last season, uh, they're learning a new defense, and there are also a lot of new players that have been signed this year on the defense. We have not had a lot of free agent signings on the offense. It, a lot of it's been on the defense, Zach. So this is a this is a defense that's still a work in progress, as we saw last Saturday. Hopefully, we can see them come up with a big stop this Saturday. That definitely would be a big step leading towards improvement. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I want to see you know, solid coverages. I want to see you know, Frank Clark and Chris Jones get after the passer. And honestly, I'd like to see the Honey Badger make, you know, the sorts of plays that no one else can, which means, you know, knocking the ball out uh, on what should be a kind of standard completion or something like that. You know, just, you know, give me something because there wasn't much uh, this past weekend to, you know, give me any level of confidence in the defense moving forward. I did have that confidence when I saw the fumble on the second play of the game. I was like, yes, this defense is going in the right direction. But no, uh, we we did not get a... We we did not get any of that, unfortunately. Um, I'm I'm just looking at some of the biggest stories from training camp this week. Uh, Darwin Thompson uh, has been practicing with the starters. Now they don't update the depth chart as they go along. Uh, sometimes they'll publish a depth chart uh, for week two, but who you see practicing with the ones does not coincide with what you see on the depth chart. Uh, so, for example, Darwin Thompson. Uh, a lot of reports came out that he was practice, practicing with the starters this week. Juan Thornhill practiced a lot with the starting defense this week, uh, which is interesting. A lot of people are talking about Juan Thornhill and, and Dan Sorensen. We know Tyron Matthews got his safety spot locked down, but there's another safety spot. And the big question is, who's going to start in week one? A lot, of, a lot of excitement, a lot of hype around Juan Thornhill. And I think Dan Sorensen, a lot of people think that he could get cut. I think he's still a guy that you need on your team, even as a backup, because I think he does a better job coming in for rotation versus being a starter, because I think he does some really good things in that role uh, ever since he's been a Kansas City Chief. He's really improved since his first season, I think, in 2014. Uh, I remember not being impressed with his preseason that year, yet he's come a really long way. Um, So among those stories that I mentioned, uh, which one uh, catches your eye the most? I mean, I guess, you know, obviously Darwin Thompson, uh, just because, you know, we thought that coming into this uh, offseason that, you know, it was going to be, you know, Damian Williams for the most part. And then, you know, he got a little bit dinged up. Uh, and, and then you heard things about it being running back by committee. But ultimately, like, you know, everything we've seen from the kid, uh, Thompson, that is, uh, leads me to believe that he's going to be a good fit in Andy's system. So, I think that, you know, that's probably the biggest story, but I'm also the kind of person who tends to gravitate towards the offense. Like, definitely excited to see, uh, you know, Thornhill and what he can do. Um, And I don't think that, you know, his ascendancy will cost uh, Daniel Sorensen a spot. Jordan Lucas is the one who ought to be worried on that front. I'm curious. I don't mean to bring this topic up again. Um, And I know we're going to sound like a broken record doing this, but yeah, it was the preseason, but... Yeah, I, I I get pretty excited just just thinking about what Darwin Thompson could do with the starting offense. Um, you, you know, here's the thing: in a perfect world, you, with with this 90 man roster right now, you keep all the running backs possible because it's Andy Reid's offense. They can all thrive, but you just got to pick the best out of what you have. And by the way, I, I was thinking about this earlier too. After Kareem Hunt's suspension is over, 
How is he going to look without Andy Reid? Because I think, you know, depending what happens with Kareem Hunt in, in Cleveland this year, maybe we can look back and say, well, he didn't have a good season because Andy Reid, the running back guru, uh, I mean, he was not coaching him this year, and that's a topic for another time, but uh, you know, it is kind of uh, exciting just thinking about, you know, Darwin Thompson, he can do something. Well, so can Damian Williams, so can Carlos Hyde. A lot of people are, are wondering that Carlos Hyde could be a guy that we see more so in goal line situations uh, for the Chiefs in 2019. Not necessarily something I had in mind, but I think given this one preseason game, and again, it's just one game so far, but... That's the sentiment I've seen from a lot of Chiefs fans on social media. Is that something that maybe has crossed your mind after that game? I mean, it's something I've been thinking about, I guess. Mostly, uh, I guess I thought he would bring more to the table than just that, and I'd like to see that. I don't know how much is, you know, his ability to do all these other things or how much is just, you know, whether or not he had the opportunity to do so based on this past game. So I'd like to see a little more from him coming out this weekend just to you know, prove that he can do more than just punch it in from the one-yard line. Yeah, for sure. And as I mentioned, his stats, two yards to, um, off two carries, not the not the most eye-glowing stats. But again, uh, that was a role that we saw him in on Monday, and he obviously got the job done by helping the Chiefs finish that drive, uh, punching it into the, into the end zone. Um, by the way, we didn't mention this. Do you remember the Mahomes pass where uh, he was being chased near the sidelines and he still somehow completed a pass? I think it was to Anthony Sherman. And I saw Seth Kieser. Uh, I hope that's how you pronounce his name. From The Athletic. Is that how you say his name? Kieser? Kieser Kaiser. I'm honestly not sure. Okay. Well, uh, he, he's with The Athletic. And I know he does some hits on Sports Radio 810. But he uh, he does a lot of film that he posts on Twitter. And he mentioned on that pass right there, that there is no realistic passing window, yet Mahomes, while being chased uh, out of bounds, lets the football go and found a way to complete that. And we saw that last year, too, in the uh, Thursday night game uh, against the Chargers. I know that didn't end well, but early on in that game, I mean, he did something very similar where he's going out of bounds, but before he steps out, he lets go of the football and he connected with somebody in the end zone. I mean, he's making plays that we really haven't seen. And again, we saw it in this past week's preseason game. Uh, do you remember that pass to Anthony Sherman? Yeah. And honestly, like, I I didn't think too much of it. But then, you know, watching that film review, then it, it I guess it just kind of showed, it showed the fact that I had kind of gotten spoiled uh, by the creativity that we see from Patrick Mahomes on yeah. a regular basis. Like, you know, the fact that, you know, that went off without me, immediately thinking like whoa look at that like i think that in itself is just a testament to the fact that yeah the kid is something else man yeah maybe maybe it's just like we're expecting it at this point that could be the the other factor as well i mean almost just because again he has just made so you know so many creative plays that really i mean certainly not in kansas city have we seen anything like that ever before by the way uh, another off the field mahomes story uh, he, Patrick Mahomes will be, uh, his face will be on the hood of a, uh, of a NASCAR for the Xfinity Series race at Bristol. And the driver's name is Gray Galding. He is a Chevrolet driver, uh, and he wears 08. Uh, Zach, are you a, are you a NASCAR guy at all? Not, not particularly. I mean... I pay, like, loose attention, I guess. Like, you know, the Daytona 500, maybe. You know, the last, call it 10 laps. But, yeah, not really something that I follow closely. 
Okay. Well, uh, for those who are NASCAR fans or if you want to follow the uh, the Xfinity race uh, just because of that, well, there you have it. Uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, will be there. Not in person, but his face will be part of that race. Uh, before we uh, wrap up all this preseason talk, if you can give me one or two players you really want to see this week, uh, someone that you really want them to prove something, uh, who are your one or two guys? So, Tops is uh, certainly Traverius Ward, especially you know, if and when he is matched up against Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, I want to see him redeem himself for last week, because last week he didn't look very good, plain and simple. Uh, and I'd like to see him rebound, because I think that you know, as it stands right now, I can't think of too many better options for you know that second corner position. Uh, I mean, obviously you got Kendall Fuller in the slot, so you know he's the best we've got than Bashad Breeland. But then after that, you know, especially in today's NFL, you need realistically you need probably four or five, but certainly more than two capable corners. Uh, and I'm hoping Charvarius Ward can prove that. Uh, and then. To the extent that we see him, I'm not sure. I mean, this is going to be kind of in the same spirit, if you will. Uh, I, I've heard that we might not be able to see Morris Claiborne this week. So no. if that winds up being... So he's out this week? Correct. Okay. I wasn't sure if that was a con... You know, wasn't sure if that was a confirmation or just a rumor. So, well, there goes that idea then. Um, but really, ultimately, it all comes down to... I want to see more out of the secondary because none of what I saw last... I mean, aside from Bashad Breeland... None of what I saw last weekend gave me any level of comfort, and we need more. We you know we need something better than that. Uh, just to confirm, I'm trying to look this up as we're going along. Yeah, I believe Morris Claiborne. Uh, I, I think I saw Andy Reid or someone say something on Twitter that uh, he may not play. Yeah, I, I see that on Arrowhead Addict. Uh, he will not play uh, in uh, this week's preseason game. So yeah, he is going to be out for this week's game. I, and look, understandably so, it's still fairly early. Yes, it is a preseason game, but even then, you don't want, want to just throw him out there. Uh, he's got a lot of starting experience in his career, Zach. Uh, yeah, he's missed a lot of games, but he's started almost every game except for four in the games that he's been available. So y- y- even if you include him in the guys that you mentioned, you still don't have a lot of great options right now uh, on your cornerbacks. Um, and that's something that, that yeah, I, I, I think that's a good call, uh, those cornerbacks. I'm going to go same position uh, with my two guys. Uh, I said this in week one or before week one. Uh, for me, it's Anthony Hitchens and Reggie Ragland. I, I mean, these are your guys that are going to be the key players for your defense. And when I say key players, I know Frank Clark and Chris Jones are the key, key guys. But these are your linebackers. These, the, I mean, these are going to be the anchors for your defense. These are going to be the guys that are essentially going to make all the uh, signals on the field. Uh, you know, I mean, we, when you look at the players that have the uh, green stickers in the back of their helmets, uh, I mean, they're the ones that are getting the plays uh, in their uh, earpiece there. So those are the guys that are going to lead your defense. And I want to see how Reggie Ragland's going to do with that, as well as Anthony Hitchens. Uh, very disappointing to me last year, and I think those are the two guys I definitely want to see uh, step up the most in this preseason game uh, against the Steelers. No, it makes sense to me. I mean, Hitchens is making way too much money to be playing the way he's been playing, so totally with you there. All right, before we uh, wrap things up and go to our uh, text messages, uh, I don't know if you saw this, but I put out an article at uh, arrowheadaddict.com, and a lot of mixed reviews. I even ran a poll 
uh, and I don't know exactly how many. I think we had about 300 fans that voted in that poll where I asked uh, the question if the Chiefs should bring back the traditional touchdown song, which was originally performed by Gary Glitter. I said that they should bring it back because let's be honest, man. I mean, the AFC Championship game, all the hype leading up to that game was insane. And imagine if they did play that touchdown song, but the Chiefs did move away from it in 2015 because of the controversy with um, with rape allegations against minors. Uh, but here's the thing. They knew he was being investigated for that, so the NFL banned his music, but they allowed covers of Rock and Roll Part 2 to be played um, and then the Chiefs moved away from that song completely when he was indicted in 2015, if I have that correctly. Uh, so look, I'm, I'm keeping in mind there's a controversy. Uh, but the covers of the song were still used even when he was still being investigated. Now, a lot of people brought this to my attention, uh, mentioning that Glitter still gets royalties. Some people also mentioned only if the song is played for more than 30 seconds. Now, he, he, let me just say this. Uh, for those who know, I, I was a DJ for the Royals. I actually left that job this summer on good terms. Uh, just wanted to focus more on, on my full-time job, my business there. Uh, but aside from that, uh, I've DJed for the Royals for since 2015, and I was never told anything about royalties or playing a song for longer than 30 seconds. I know we had, um, I don't know what it's called, but I think like IMB rights or something where we can play any anything any song uh i did a couple of games for the chiefs last year i was kind of quiet about this i I didn't want to make a big deal about it because of the podcast but i did a couple of chiefs games last year in the preseason but that was it i was not interested in going back there uh long story short not the uh not the work environment i would want to be a part of especially the hours they want you to come in for they wanted you to come in at 6 30 on sundays for a 12 o'clock kickoff game could you imagine that on a sunday 6 30 a.m i mean i I guess I kind of get it, but when it comes to, I mean, what are you going to do in that time? As especially well, as the DJ, like that. There's well, prep they, time, they, and then there's that. They need you very early for something, but then after that, the DJ has like a lot of downtime, which sucks. So you you kind of have to be there. I mean, you get paid for it. Don't get me wrong, but uh, given that I wake up early every day, it's like I kind of need my weekends. But anyway, nonetheless, um, so. I was never told anything about royalties when doing the DJing for either of those teams. Um, Zach, what is your takeaway on this? Because I don't like what they use now, which I believe is let me. I I couldn't pay attention for the first preseason game. I I didn't notice it, but I believe they're still doing Let Me Clear My Throat by DJ Cool, which he's going, oh, oh. I mean, come on. That is not the sound I want to hear after a touchdown. Um, I think no, the Chiefs... it's it's all about that saxophone lick, bro. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> that, the, the, I, it, that that's a good tune, but it's I, I'm with you. It's not the same. I, I mean, the, the the beat the hell out of you, you, uh, you, you, you. I mean, it's it, that needs to come back, especially because we're going to score a lot of touchdowns again this year. Where do you stand on all this? Frankly, like I think that it's ridiculous that he's still allowed to get royalties after what he did. Like, ultimately, this shouldn't have to be a Chiefs issue. Like, this is the sort of thing where, straight up, I think that if you do those sorts of things, you kind of lose the rights to, you know, make your royalties off that music. Because, yeah, doing the things that, you know, people said he did, and I assume that he did them, uh, having not dug in super deeply in that case. 
uh yeah if you've done those things man like i'm cool with throwing the book at you and not letting you earn your royalties anymore like you kind of gave that right up pal uh and so to that end i mean I, I get why the Chiefs wouldn't do it, obviously, under current circumstances. If you know any of that money was going to you know, him or his estate or whatever, like I'm fine with not supporting that because I, I obviously don't support those sorts of things, nor should any normal, rational human. But you know, as a fan, and especially you know, remembering growing up and going to those games and you know, chanting, you know, we're going to beat the hell out of you, 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 you. Like, that was, <laughs> it, it's just different. Uh, yeah. You know, the, and not having that anymore, it's just, it's it, it's such a tough situation. And frankly, I wish there was just a way that we could, you know, still play the song without paying, you know, his scummy ass any royalties. You know, here's my thing. Somebody tweeted me, I believe it was Abby on Twitter, who said, look, whether, you know, it, with music, and I responded saying, you know, this could apply for TV, movies, books, uh, video games, literature, any form of entertainment. You know, she mentioned that when it comes to music, Zach, just roughly, on your on your phone, your iPod, or your iTunes, whatever you use to listen to music, how many songs do you think you have approximately? I mean, honestly, anymore, I don't know, just because using Spotify, like, I have access to all of the music as a general rule okay fair so, enough i guess i just I, I used to have that estimate i just don't really anymore i don't even think about it would you say you know on spotify you've listened to at least 500 songs oh yeah probably okay. way closer to a thousand okay well i, I like if i was not gonna, beyond that i was gonna ask a thousand but I, I was afraid you say that's too outrageous but okay a thousand we'll go with that oh, yeah, let me a just thousand a thousand or more for sure okay great let me just ask you this now out of those thousand plus songs, when it comes to the singers, though the composers, the writers, I know sometimes the uh, singers and the writers can be the same, but uh, for for a lot of artists, they they have other people who write their songs for them. Out of all the people responsible for every single one of those thousand plus songs being published, how many would you say are great human beings who follow the you know logical rules of life and are straight up? good guys i guess i don't really know i mean i i just don't really think about it all that much i mean yeah it kind of really depends on you know depends on the uh depends on the area of or i guess genre of music in a lot of ways like you know it's just a question of you know which you know excesses they were you know more likely to have done if that makes any sense because here's here's the point i'm trying to get at here uh and it was this tweet that that kind of made me want to talk about this um you know there's a chance that you know we may watch a movie and someone responsible for that movie maybe it's a cameraman maybe it's uh one of the writers uh maybe one of them maybe one of those guys have committed a really bad crime in their past and here they are you know being a part of a of a movie. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, and I I've got to be honest, I don't know the full details behind this, but didn't the director for Guardians of the Galaxy wasn't he accused of some sort of sexual misconduct? James nah, Gunn, I he, believe. Nah, he was. Uh, he got hit for you know old tweets that got dug up where he said some says the things that he probably shouldn't have said. I don't okay. know. I don't remember exactly the context, but you know, not words that you know you or I as you know white individuals should ever use if that makes sense 
Okay, I think you for, can read between those lines to know what he did, but I'm pretty no, sure, for sure that's what it was. Um, for some reason, I thought it was sexual harassment. Uh, I don't know why, but okay, point taken. So he's obviously done or said some really bad things in the past, yet a lot of people are saying, hey, when's Guardians of the Galaxy 3 coming out? Uh, people are still wanting that. And a lot of people were actually wanting him to come back to Marvel. He was fired, and I believe he got brought back. So Yeah, he was brought my, my, back. This is the only you know example we've found of someone who was you know let go in disgrace like that and was able to be actually you know, brought back. Now, to be clear, I'm not comparing, you know, rape against minors versus, you know, horrible tweets by all means. But my point is, there are people out there. I mean, we have consumed forms of entertainment where we may not even notice it, but someone behind the scenes responsible for the publishment of the the song, the movie, whatever, they're there. Maybe we don't agree with some of the things they've done in the past before. And it's been out there. Um, again, I can understand some people who may be uh, pretty sensitive about this. If this has impacted them in any way or any of their family members or friends in any way, I can certainly understand that. That's why we're discussing it because I'm being considered about it here. Um, so it's a very touchy subject. Uh, but, man. I, I mean, look, you man. You know, how many you know, people, I mean, have we heard you know, R. Kelly at any of these sorts of things for a while? I I'd venture to guess probably not. Uh, have they turned off Michael Jackson yet? No, I don't think so. But, I mean, I don't know. I haven't watched that documentary yet, uh, partially because I'm not sure I want to see that whole body of work go I, up and I will say this either. real quickly. I know I've told you this before, by the way. Uh, at the beginning of this royal season, I was told no Michael Jackson whatsoever. I was like, okay, fair enough. Well, then there you go. Uh, that. That kind of settles it, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I'd venture to guess, you know, no more R. Kelly, despite the great work he did on the Space Jam soundtrack, uh, as well as, you know, the remix to Ignition. But, you know, there are some things that you just can't really support. So, I mean, I guess I get that. I think that there's, you know, other... The, the, there are other songs we could put to work, but, you know, I, I guess it, it's a bummer the way that the covers operate, the fact that, you know, the original artist still gets the money for that, which, don't get me wrong, I... I'm not saying that's wrong at all. It's just in this particular case, I wish there was a loophole uh, for this particular song, just given the way that you know it was kind of a tradition in so many ways, um, and it just you know added to the Arrowhead experience in in a lot of ways. I, I mean, wish there was another song that could you know come up and do something similar. Like you know, we could come up with something like it. Someone mentioned on Twitter, you know, if they played that during the AFC. By the way, I've played that, Gary. So when uh, Chiefs players showed up for Big Slick, I would have to play like a walk-up song for every guy. I know they've changed the format of that over the years. But when Travis Kelsey came up to the plate, I actually did play Rock and Roll Part 2. And I never heard anything. Uh, so I'm admitting that right now. Several years later, for anyone that wants to be offended about it, you know, four or five years after the fact. But, um uh, someone mentioned on Twitter um, that, you know, if they played this during the AFC Championship game, the crowd would go ape, you know what. I mean, it'd be crazy. Now, a lot of people suggested this idea. Maybe Tech 9 can create something and then incorporate the you, uh, you, you chant. Uh, I know oh, the. Oh, uh, that'd be fire. That, we I know. absolutely make that happen. I hope, you know, someone out there, if you're listening, you know, figure out a way to get that to Tech and make it happen. 
it's, uh, I can't remember the name of the band, uh, but David George in the Crooked Mile, I think. With look, with all due respect to any musician, because no, I can't think for tech. crap. Uh, the the song that they tried to use in 2015 and they tried to incorporate the you 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 chant. I remember being in Arrowhead for one of those games, and nobody knew when to chant that. Uh, it just didn't work. It it's a nice song, but it's it's not. It does it just doesn't fit the touchdown song, and it really just did not work at Arrowhead. Let us know your thoughts on this. Facebook.com slash Farzinvasugian. Already a big discussion about it on Facebook. Also on Twitter as well, at Farzine21, at Z Stegenga. You can also text us or leave a voicemail, 913-808-2119. And speaking of the text line, Zach, are you ready to uh, read some texts? Absolutely, man. This is always one of my favorite segments. All right, we got a few texts this episode, and we also got a hot take we'll read later. Uh, from the 515, it's Cody Pringle was having a hard time creating space, but in his defense, it was not Mahomes tossing to him. Do you think he will still make the cut? And if he doesn't, will he get picked up right away? I think he will get picked up right away if he gets cut. Now, here's the other thing. Look, I want to see him play with Mahomes too, but let's not forget on Hard Knocks several years ago, Casey Printer's was told by Ray Farmer, you've got to learn to make chicken salad out of chicken poof. Um, it's not fair, but sometimes that's just how, uh, how the preseason works. Uh, it may not be in your favor, but Pringle found a way to make the most of it last year. I, I, even if Mahomes doesn't throw to him this year, I think he can still find a way one way or another. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah, the, the fact that Mahomes wasn't throwing in the ball, wasn't the reason for the drops last weekend. So we got to see that get fixed first. Uh, but realistically, I think he's shown, you know, some flashes that, He'll be on an NFL roster this fall, whether it's ours or someone else's. From the 2-7-0, Kyle Shermer played awesome. He might save some cap on Chad Henney next year. I also hope Pringle can be involved, excuse me, can be involved in the rotation more. Thanks, Jeremy. By the way, it's worth noting, Shermer did break Jay Cutler's record uh, at Vanderbilt for career touchdown passes there. Um, you know, the, the, that's great. No, but keep in mind he was drafted or, or went undrafted uh, for a reason. Uh, don't forget, former Chiefs draft pick Kevin Hogan broke in a lot of Andrew Luck's uh, records at Stanford, including most wins, if I remember correctly. But he was a late round pick and a, he's now a journeyman in the NFL. Uh, what do you make of that? Or do you think Kyle Sherman's a guy who can eventually replace Chad Henney? I mean, maybe. Ultimately, like, I mean, he, yeah, he showed some flashes, but, you know, can he be your second or third quarterback on the, uh, yeah, on the depth chart? Sure. Why not? I think he'll be on the practice squad this year, but I mean, yeah, I don't see any reason he couldn't be, but to be honest, I just, sadly, I just don't care at all about the backup quarterback position at the moment. You know, I, I think it's worth noting, um, and I will say it's not a obviously a spot that we are paying too close attention to unless uh, he has a big game in a preseason where he has four touchdowns. I think that might definitely pick up uh, if that were to ever happen. But um, you know, I, I I think we've got to pay a little bit of attention to these guys. I know with all due respect, we don't, but uh, we probably should because again, hopefully not the case. But you never know if an injury occurs. If that becomes the case, what happens? This is why you have training camp with the preseason. So. Um, there's something no, I'm with to- you there. Just to clarify, you know, when I say I'm not concerned about the backup quarterback position, I don't necessarily mean that it's not important at all. Um, I mean, it's obviously incredibly important. I mean, you look at what happened. In, there are bigger issues you know, on the team right now. Well, yeah, and ultimately, like, no matter who you put in there at backup quarterback, 
there's going to be a drop off from Mahomes to whoever this person is. And, you know, plain and simple, if Mahomes goes down, you know, realistically, there goes your shot at a Super Bowl. Like, there's not a backup quarterback out there right now that's going to pull what Nick Foles did a few years ago. Yeah, that's, I mean, one in a million chance for sure. Uh, from the three three six, Darwin Thompson is the next big star at running back for Kansas City. What do you think, Michael, from North Carolina? You know, we've been getting a lot of texts about Darwin Thompson. Our most popular hot take this offseason was that Darwin Thompson is going to be amazing, which at this point, I don't know if that's a hot take anymore. Um, yeah, I know. It's, it's one preseason game. Uh, I think we've got to... I, I'm guilty of it too, man. Uh, but let's uh, let's see how he does in another game, and maybe in the third game. Uh, I'm sure we'll see even more of him in the fourth game because the starters either play just a couple of snaps or hardly at all in the uh, preseason finale. So uh, I, I'd like to see a little bit more of him. To say he's the next big star, it's hard to say about a late round running back, uh, late round pick. But look, man, with Andy Reid. Sure, I, I suppose any running back can gain that stardom. Yeah, and I think that you know certainly encouraging signs. That's I guess what I'd say to it is you know it's not a, not a guarantee or anything yet, but certainly encouraging signs so far. And uh, hopefully you're right. Uh, last text from the six one six Daniel in Florida. Uh, I know it's the preseason and it's one game uh, at that, but I would. Uh, have really liked to see the defense stop the Bengals on the first drive and get stops on third downs. I, I would have loved to see a third down stop uh, in that Patriots AFC Championship game. Uh, the what was it, thirteen of nineteen, and I believe three of three third down conversions for the Patriots in that game. Third downs an area the Chiefs have definitely got to improve on, and I've got to admit I didn't look this up. Um, I definitely should have, uh, but I think yeah, third down defense is definitely something to pay attention to. I think the Chiefs did allow a couple of third down conversions if my memory serves correctly. So definitely, and look, Roethlisberger, assuming he can play a drive or two, uh, definitely a good quarterback to practice against uh, to try to improve your defense. Yeah, definitely got to come up with some third down stops. The Chiefs were terrible at that last year, and a big reason why the Chiefs did not finish the job in the AFC Championship game. So yeah, uh, certainly agree with uh, Daniel and Florida on that one. Yeah, I think we're all on the same page, Daniel. We all want to see that stuff. Let us know. Your thoughts on anything we've discussed, facebook.com slash Farzine at Farzine21, at Z Steginga on Twitter. And again, the text voicemail line, 913-808-2119. Big thanks to all of you who sent in a text for this episode. Uh, again, 913-808-2119. Let's wrap up this show. Let's go around the NFL. Andrew Luck has a... High ankle issue, uh, according to reports. He will not be available in the preseason for the Colts. Uh, By the way, his first three years played, started all 16 games. In 2015, he missed nine games. Missed one game in 2016. Missed all 16 games in 2018. He did come back very strong last year in 2018 with the second most passing yards and the second most touchdown passes he's ever had in a single season. But he's missed 26 games since 2015. Zach that is 41% of the games during that time span. Look, Andrew Luck, I still remember the Suck for Luck campaign. Uh, I was on that for the Kansas City Chiefs, but, uh, you know, for a guy who has all this potential but has dealt with so many injuries, again, it's part of sports in a very unforgiving way, uh, kind of makes you wonder if the Colts should maybe consider signing a viable backup out there 
uh, or maybe even consider one in the future because Andrew Luck has been, uh, I mean, his name is right next to the words injury prone. Yeah, sadly, that's been the case, but, you know, he's still top five quarterback caliber in the NFL when he's healthy, so I think that, you know, you obviously kind of have to ride with him, but, yeah, signing a, uh, you know, high upside, you know, younger uh, quarterback is certainly something I'd be doing if I was in Chris Ballard's seat. Yeah, and Frank Reich, he was a rookie head coach last year. He did a tremendous job with Andrew. Like I mentioned some of the, the stats, second best uh, in passing yards and touchdowns. Uh, had the second most touchdowns behind Patrick Mahomes. So this is obviously a guy that can do a lot for your franchise, but if he's not available, man, it's going to be a long season for the Indianapolis Colts. The Cleveland Browns, on the other hand, they traded running back Duke Johnson. That's one running back that's been traded. Could the Chargers follow up with that pretty soon and trade Melvin Gordon in the near future as he continues his holdout? Uh, he's been—he's he, not going to bed, man. Uh, Melvin Gordon does not want to be with the LA Chargers and is continuing to demand a trade each and every day. Do you see the Chargers demand uh, uh, trading him anytime soon? I mean, it wouldn't shock me, I guess, at this point. The only question is, you know, who do you trade him to? Uh, but I would have to think that they'd get it done here relatively quickly just for, you know, both parties wanting to integrate, you know, whatever piece the Chargers were to get back from Melvin Gordon, they'd want to integrate him relatively quickly. And then wherever Melvin Gordon ends up, obviously that's, you know, someone's new offense he's going to have to learn uh, in time for the uh, you know, first week of the season. So it wouldn't shock me at this point, given the depth that the Chargers have shown at the running back position, you know, with Eckler and uh, Justin Jackson. I mean, I think that ultimately as Chiefs fans, we might need to be a little bit careful what we wish for here because Eckler looked pretty darn good against us last year. Yeah, uh, you mentioned a good point. The Texans are obviously off the running back market because they got Duke Johnson. So, you know, you you don't have a lot of options uh, in terms of trading partners go. So that's definitely something to consider for the Chargers. More AFC West news. Let's go over to Oakland because, man, what a blank show that is with Antonio Brown. Uh, his feet are frozen one day uh, in August of all months. Uh, he threatened to retire due to some sort of helmet drama the helmet that he wants to use but can't use it look he's got 30 million dollars that he's not going to turn down so uh but still the fact that this was even a story uh he is now back in practice with the raiders so good news for raiders fans except i actually think it's bad news listen man i'll just be honest um at this point you know you gave up a third and a fifth for antonio brown I don't know, man. I'm already calling this a bad experiment for the Oakland Raiders. Uh, Look, it's going to be interesting to see what Derek Carr and Antonio Brown can do, but it just seems like it may not be worth it with all the drama going around with the Oakland Raiders right now. Yeah, absolutely agree. Don't get me wrong. From where I'm sitting, it is kind of funny to watch because it's the Raiders, and that's hilarious. Um, But I think one thing that does bear mentioning here is the fact that ultimately, like, Antonio Brown was the best receiver in the NFL for a couple of years before, uh, you know, before he took that vicious hit from Vontez Perfect. Yeah. And he has never been the same. Like, he is, I don't remember him being that much of a drama queen before that hit. And part of me wonders if, like, you know, I mean, we all saw how brutal that hit was. That's just, you know, a fact. Um, I mean, even as someone who likes big hits, like, that was, that was rough. Uh, and I think that it certainly bears mentioning that, you know, realistically, that's, you know, 
I, I think realistically, you probably look at it that being the concussion talking here. Like that's what you know talked his way out of Pittsburgh. That's why you know he's been all concerned about the you know one particular helmet. Which don't get me wrong, it's ironic that the reason he can't use the helmet that he wants is because supposedly the new ones are you know different and safer. Um, which if that's actually the case, that's just funny to me, um, just because of the irony of it all. Um, but yeah, I think it certainly bears mentioning there that, yeah, this isn't just someone who just went prima donna out of the blue. It certainly bears mentioning that, you know, concussions are important. Um, even though it's funny to watch the Raiders experiment, you know, kind of flounder around a little bit. I have not seen the second episode of hard knocks yet. Uh, do you know if this was addressed on episode two? I, I still have to look it up. Um, okay. but I'm definitely excited to do so. Cause let's be real. Like, you know, if I'm HBO, realistically, I'm sitting here, you know, with the exception being ratings that I think they actually missed. Uh, well, I think they were struggling with production a little bit because of some of this stuff, but I'm totally with you. The ratings are, they, they've got to be much higher as a result of some of this stuff, just cause you know, get your popcorn ready. Right. <laughs> I mean, it, it surely there has to be like some headline, that you know, newspaper headlines had to have been ready. Hard knocks with its highest ratings ever. Now I don't know what the ratings are for that, but uh, I'm sure they were anticipating that uh, for uh, for that episode. Probably so. And you know, we all kind of knew that you know the combo of Antonio Brown and John Gruden, and I mean, realistically, Burfecht's in that locker room too. I should have mentioned that earlier. They're, those guys are teammates now, despite the fact that one uh, you know knocked the other one's brains out a little bit. Um, <laughs> But we all knew that that'd make for good TV, uh, and realistically, I think so far it it kind of has. You mentioned uh, John Gruden. Well, uh, the Raider, the Raiders have nine more years of him left on that contract. Let's go out of bounds. All right, this is very impressive to me. Boston Red Sox lefty Chris Sale. Beat out Pedro Martinez to become the fastest player to earn 2,000 strikeouts. Let me put this into context here because there are 83 players in baseball history to reach 2,000 strikeouts. I know that sounds like a lot, but it's really not when you consider how old the sport is and how many pitchers have played. It's not, it's not a lot. Among those 83, 8 are active. Sale is only 30 years old, by the way. 17 have reached 3,000 stri- strikeouts. Only CC Sabathia is active. He just uh, barely—he's just barely above three thousand. Yeah, he have, just broke that earlier this year. Four have four thousand strikeouts, and Nolan Ryan, the only player with more than five thousand strikeouts. Look, in my opinion, Zach, the most stressful position in sports to me, goalies for soccer and hockey, because so much is on your shoulders. But the toughest position in sports to me a starting pitcher especially when you're still wheeling and dealing into your late 30s as a starting pitcher yeah i could absolutely uh you know agree with that statement i think that you know stressful wise i think i'd put hockey over over soccer just because let's be real slap shots come in a lot faster uh, and they're a lot you know harder to stop but that's a separate discussion uh the thing that you know truly amazes me about the way that sale does this like I mean, I remember watching him in Chicago because, obviously, you know, the White Sox play against the Royals quite a bit. But just his kind of unorthodox motion, I just remember watching him and uh, was watching him with actually one of my friends who's a big Sox fan. Uh, and, you know, I was you know, kind of talking smack, thinking like, look, dude, you better enjoy this sale guy while you've got him because at some point with his motion, that elbow is just going to explode. Um, and the fact that, you know, he's shown relatively 
solid longevity for the most part. Um, you know, it's a testament to him, man. Like, yeah, nothing but props for getting to 2,000 strikeouts faster than anybody else has before. Uh, he put this under the uh, category of funny sports practice drills. The Patriots ground crew soaked the field, and then they have rookies, and I believe rookie coaches also, uh, such as Gerard Mayo, who formerly played for the Patriots. They're forced to dive for loose footballs while Tom Brady is hosing down these players. Uh, what is the funniest or oddest sports practice routine you can think of? So the one that comes to mind is uh, you know, when Mark Mangino was the head coach at Kansas, uh, they used to have what they called Tlaib rules, which uh, essentially meant anytime <laughs> like Akib Tlaib, who is an incredibly talented player, is also a very well-documented knucklehead on and off the field. Yes. Um, and so in an attempt to you know, get him to maximize that potential, uh, they used to, you know, Mangino, whenever a team would do something stupid, uh, they would, you know, grab the you know, practicing dummies and let all the other players just wail on him for a little bit at the end of practice. Uh, so that's the first one that comes to mind is, you know, I don't know if you can call it a drill, but close enough. And well, nonetheless, it's, it's, uh, it's in practice. One of the oddest ones to me, and I don't mean to make light of it too much because I know the, uh, there was a player's death in this, but former Maryland head coach DJ Durkin making offensive linemen run 100-yard sprints. Uh, uh, to me, it's like, you know, what is the well, I mean, what is the point of that? Uh, I don't know if you know who Michelle Watterson is. She is a UFC fighter. And I remember when the UFC was coming to Kansas City, Michelle Watterson and her opponent, uh, which they were, you know, pretty cool with each other, they came to the 610 Sports Studio to do an interview. And one of the weird questions that um, someone asked was, what are some of the weird training uh, workouts that you guys have? And Rose Namajunas, her opponent, answered the question. And then Michelle Watterson goes, I had a baby. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um Kids, if you don't know why that's funny, uh, ask your parents, not us. Uh, let's move on from that now. I don't know how you segue from that, where we're going to. Um, this is actually a really cool story. Uh, high school football, we don't talk about that as much, but it's worth mentioning here. Tony Severino, I believe is how you say it. Uh, who, yep, that's how you say it. He had an illustrious high school football coaching career and is retiring after this season as the head coach of Rockers, a position he's held for 36 years, including 2019. This year, he's won 338 games, seven titles, and 11 championship game appearances for Rockers. Uh, has a couple of more wins to his resume while coaching a little bit in Cleveland before moving to Kansas City in 1971. And in 12 years after that, he took the reins at Rockers. Um, listen, man, some might ask, why doesn't this guy, why didn't he uh, coach at the college level and try to go up from there? Listen, I've asked similar questions to people who are successful coaches at the high school or community college levels, obviously much smaller. And, you know, some of them have talked to me about how, you know, they like working with younger people or, or having that local intimate connection. Some of them, some have even mentioned, you know, moving up in that bigger coaching role can be very stressful. Listen, man. I respect it. It's not for everybody. It can be demanding mentally and physically sometimes. It's not for everyone. So I understand that and I respect that. Uh, but man, this guy, for as long as he's been there, 36 years and counting, uh, you're doing something right and surely you're making a positive impact and most of these kids will probably carry that with them in their personal lives uh, when you've been around the sport that long at that level, uh, working with teenagers. Yeah, and it's a... Uh... You know, it's a testament to him, man, and the program that they've built. I mean, if you think about it, you know, Rockhurst is one of those, uh, you know, 
premier programs as far as you know high school football certainly in the kansas city area is concerned um i mean you'll see athletes from i mean i guess you see me age do it too to a lesser extent but not quite the same i guess prestige level if you will yeah um so definitely props to coach severino on that yeah very cool uh you don't see a lot of longevity like that in pro college nor in uh, high school and anytime you hear these kinds of stories it's always going to be talked about so very cool to hear for tony severino at and, you know, good luck to whoever has to fill his shoes because yeah uh, yeah that's a tough gig to follow very very big shoes to fill let's throw our penalty flags So, reportedly, Dak Prescott turned down a uh, an offer for $30 million a year because apparently he wants $40 million a year. Now, again, apparently, people from Dak Prescott's camp have denied that he wants $40 million a year. Look, I don't buy that, okay? I truly believe Dak is asking for $40 million a year because, listen, Zach, quarterbacks are wanting to break one another's record. Hell, Derek Carr has played in zero playoff games, and Matthew Stafford is 0-3 in playoff games, yet they both broke each other's playoff record, or excuse me, not playoff record, uh, contract record for biggest contract in NFL history. I don't remember who signed first and who broke the other's record, but they they did it in the same offseason. One of them had the highest, uh, uh, the biggest record in NFL history, and then the other one broke it uh, about a month later in the same offseason. Um... Listen, man, these quarterbacks, even those with limited postseason success, they're all cash cows. I mean, yeah, it's the most important position in, you know, or the single most important position in sports, if that makes sense. Like, no single position makes a bigger difference to their team. Uh, I mean, in the NBA, you could argue that individual players certainly have a higher impact on their team's level of success. I mean, you look at the way that LeBron was able to carry the Cavaliers uh, you know, to the title there, you know, certainly to the title game, if not always to the title itself, um, for however many years. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's just the nature of the position, and the fact that good quarterbacks are hard to come by. Um, now, do I think that Dak's worth forty million? No, not even close. Um, I'm not sure what the record is at the moment for uh, you know the quarterback contract. I think Aaron Rodgers has it right now. On a per year basis, or just uh, overall? Well, see that that I don't know. I know Russell Wilson got the guaranteed contract record. I, I mean, it's going to change soon with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he'll he'll absolutely reset the market. And I guess the other thing that does bear mentioning is the fact that uh, it ultimately comes down to what's guaranteed and what's not. Like that is the most important part. This is pretty funny. A British couple in Mansfield, England. So we're going to go across the pond with this story here on this segment. They won $1.2 million from a Monopoly scratcher. Zach, have you ever won $1.2 million from a scratcher? I mean, I'd love to say yes, but no, of course not. No, uh, you'd be doing bigger and better things than uh, this podcast for sure. Uh, I mean, honestly, it's fun. (laughs) I'd probably still do it. Uh, so the husband, his name is Andrew. He went to the gas station because they realized they forgot to pick up food for their six-year-old cat, uh, whose name is Shortcake. Cool name. Uh, while fueling up at the gas station, uh, he buys a scratcher, and I guess he's, you know, trying to scratch it all off in his car. 
and completely forgot about the cat food because he realized he won $1.2 million. He went home and forgot to buy cat food for good old shortcake. You know what? With a $1.2 million or whatever that translated to in pounds, yeah, I, I th- I'm sure shortcake is fine. Like, it's now living the high life. Uh, yeah. Eating that, you know, super fancy kind of cat food. Let's be real here. Shortcake, you know that little uh, little house you have in, in, in the home? We're, we're going to give you, like, a bigger house. The, the, the house we're living in now is... I mean, we're, we're going to move up in the world. That's uh, that's the life shortcake is going to live. But... Yeah. I, I, I would forget about that as well. You know... I, I wish that if, you know, when I forgot to pick things up, that's what I would get for my troubles. But, I, I would oh, love well. that. Um, you know, I was just at the grocery store the other night, and I forgot something, but... Not because I uh, won $1.2 million, unfortunately. Hopefully one day. Hopefully one day. Next time. Next time. All right. Final flag here. Nate Diaz is returning to UFC 241 this Saturday. I am excited for that. Uh, In fact, that's a big reason why I'm into MMA. I got into it late, but I watched UFC 196. He defeated Conor McGregor uh, on 10 days notice. And then he had the legendary uh, interview uh, with Joe Rogan where he says, I'm not surprised, MFers. That comment went worldwide. He did lose the rematch, but still sparked a lot of pay-per-view buys uh, a few months later when they had the rematch. Uh, But he's been complaining a lot, saying that the UFC does not give him a lot of money. Uh, He did not get rematches in the matches he lost, yet he says he won the matches that he lost, which is interesting. A fighter had to pull out of a fight. He was supposed to fight last year, but the fighter, Dustin Poirier, got injured, so he pulled out, and Nate Diaz just says that he won the fight because his opponent pulled out, which which is very interesting. Well, that's not how that works. <laughs> um, so, I mean, look, I like Nate Diaz, but I, he's also unintentionally very funny in the way that he just interacts and the way his logic works on things. Listen, man, I, he wants the UFC to roll out the red carpet for him, but he does not play the game. There are so many UFC fighters who have been frustrated with upper management, yet they still play the game and they prove themselves even more when they really should not have to, but they still go through it and prove themselves even more and eventually they get rewarded for that. It's a very tough sport, man. There are so many great contenders. Everybody wants a title shot. Everyone now wants two titles uh, around their waist, but uh, you got to be active and fight. Nate Diaz had been... uh, rejecting fights for a very long time. That's just not how it works sometimes. Yeah, as someone who obviously doesn't know nearly as much about the UFC as you do, I mean, it's it stands to reason very simply, like, you know, if you don't... If you're not still in the game, you know, at least one fight a year, I don't know, that's kind of the going rate, isn't it? You know, one or two a year? Uh, Yeah, usually sometimes three, sometimes four. It varies, but usually two to three. But certainly at least one, not just you know, sitting yeah. out for three years. Let like, me just add let me just add something. It is in their contracts that they must be offered, you know, X amount of fights per year too. But they can turn them down. I feel like, you know I am I just thinking from you know the opposite side of the table, like I would have it in their contract, like, yeah, we're gonna offer you X number of fights per year, but you better accept at least, you know, one or two. Yeah, it's a it's a very weird sport because these fighters, I mean, they're very needy and they're very open and honest too about their needs and what they want and what what they think they should be doing in their next fight. Uh, Nate Diaz is uh, is one of them. Uh, in fact, the UFC just parted ways with Chris Cyborg, who was very demanding with what she wanted and didn't want. And the UFC just said, "Hey, screw you. We uh, we're just gonna let you go." Uh, in fact, the 
the little like negotiation period after her contract, the UFC said, "Go ahead, you can sign with whoever. You don't have to. Uh, you don't have to be exclusive to us anymore." Uh, it's a it's a crazy sport, man. Yeah, but where do you go to fight then after that? Well, there are a lot of promotions. I mean, there's Bellator. There is uh, there is a the PFL. She used to fight for Invicta, which is an all women's MMA promotion. In fact, it's based in Kansas City. She could go back to that. She 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 was supposed to fight Ronda Rousey, but she ran away because she lost and could not face the fact that she lost. Um, she, Ronda, Ronda Rousey ran away, or the other person ran Ronda away? Rousey ran away because she couldn't face the world because she lost a freaking fight. Ronda Rousey's now in WWE, and there have been rumors that Chris Cyborg might actually go chase her in WWE, which is, you know, you go from wanting to have a real fight to a scripted fight, but I don't know. Uh, I'm not... I'm not at liberty to uh, discuss those kinds of things. Uh, it's crazy, man. MMA fighters are really interesting sometimes. Uh, final segment of the show. It's become a, a popular segment. It's become a staple of the podcast, Zach. It is the hot take of the week segment. What is a hot take, Zach? It is when you have an unpopular opinion. You don't have to be angry about this necessarily, but you could be, I guess. Uh, but generally, it is an opinion going against the grain. It is against conventional wisdom. Zach, give me an example of a hot take. Just any hot take. I mean, I still think the best hot take that you know I've heard you know recently is that you know Darwin Thompson. This was back in what April, maybe, maybe May. Uh, you know, someone you know shot out to us that uh, you know Darwin Thompson was not only going to lead the Chiefs in rushing, but was going to lead the league in rushing this fall. Okay, now, yes. All of a sudden, that hot take isn't looking maybe as hot as it did at the time. But again, at the time, at it the time, was smoking hot, very hot. Uh, uh, not as dumb as Mike Colin Saunders one, but yeah, <laughs> close. Uh, other examples, I love traffic. I love it because I'm listening to the greatest podcast in the world called the Chiefs Zone Podcast while going south on I-35 and wasting gas, but at least I'm listening to the podcast, which, not true. We may not be the greatest or the second greatest, but we're, we're up there behind Joe Rogan and all. Uh, other hot takes, uh, the prequel for Star Wars is better than the original. That would be a hot take. No, uh, that's just false. Uh, uh other hot takes. Uh, let's think of one more example. Uh, the uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, who, by the way, uh, according to the Vegas Sportsbook, uh, low odds win the Super Bowl, lowest odds, they're the best team in the NFL right now. That would be an example of a hot take. So uh, we've established that. Zach, do you have a hot take for this episode? I mean, I don't, we'll see if it's hot enough, but yeah, I've got one. What is the theme of your hot take? Uh, it's related to last week's opponent. Oh, okay. Well, there, I, I, I just talked about the Bengals. Okay. Uh, since we just mentioned them, I will let you take the floor, my friend. What is your hot take? So, you know, over the last, you know, what was it, like, you know, five, six years, something like that, the Bengals have been pretending to themselves that Andy Dalton is a franchise quarterback. I think he gets cut at the end of the year. Hot take. Oh, okay. That is very interesting. Okay, I like that. That is a hot take. Um, I mean, he's better. I don't know if I'd say top five. I could I, maybe you could flirt with top ten if a diehard Andy Dalton fan wanted to say he's a top ten guy. Maybe there's a case. Defend yourself. No. I, I mean, plain and simple, he's he's just a journeyman quarterback who has been buoyed by the fact that you know you had AJ Green in there for the longest time, and then you know, don't get me wrong, he had some good years, but you know. So many times he's just proven incapable of making the throws. I mean, you know, even just, you know, this past weekend, you know, uh, when uh, 
Rashad Breland, you know, had a nice little breakup. It was partly, you know, good effort on Breland's part, but it was also because Andy Dalton short-armed it, man. Like, he's just not that good. Um, and so, yeah, I think that realistically, you know, the Bengals are you know, clearly trending down. That much is abundantly clear. Um, you know, as you mentioned, they've got the worst odds for the Super Bowl this year, and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. They're heading for a top five pick, man. It's very clear. Uh, and, you know, they're going to go into rebuild mode, which leaves Andy Dalton as, you know, the Nick Foles style, you know, best backup on the market. There you have it. Uh, by the way, Aaron from Northern Virginia texted in with a hot take. We've obviously established that you uh, are now living in New York. His hot take, Zach will convert into a Jets fan. Hot take. That is a steaming hot take. Uh, I mean... I appreciate the uh, yeah the confidence there, Aaron, as the co-host of a Chiefs-focused podcast. I don't think I'm in any uh, <laughs> in any danger of switching allegiances anytime soon. But you know, even if I were to switch allegiance to the New York teams, like no way am I choosing the Jets. Come on, man. Yeah, I was gonna say like why why not the Giants? Uh, I mean, at least the Giants have a possibly a franchise quarterback. I I can't remember exactly when this text was submitted, but. Uh, maybe after Daniel Jones's showing, maybe maybe convert into a Giants fan. That that would have been a less that would that's the point yeah. of a hot take. That would have been a less. I'd be chasing take. my own hot take. Yeah, you know, I mean, I called Daniel Jones before. You know, I thought he was going to be starting Week One. You know, shortly after he was drafted. Not that I was that excited about Daniel Jones. That's just me selling on Eli Manning. But in any event, yeah, if I was going to switch allegiances to a New York team, it would not be the Jets. That's just a fact. Um. Uh, my hot take. Uh, this shouldn't be a hot take, but unfortunately it is. Folks, when something happens and when mass shootings come up on the news, we don't have to have a political angle every single time. Hot take. Look, here's the problem. Everyone quickly resorted to their... Let me just be clear. People think, like, I'm a lefty. I'm actually neither lefty nor righty. Um, I've made it clear on this podcast and on social media, I'm definitely anti-Trump, so just bear that in mind before you say anything. Uh, every single thing has to, uh, have a political angle, and I just don't know why. Um, for example, people are very quick to talk about gun control or their right because of the Second Amendment. In fact, I don't know if you saw this, Zach, I saw a video on social media, I don't know where... But a group of people, I want to say at least a dozen people, all of them with rifles and handguns around their body, walking into a KFC because it's their right. And I got to be careful with what I say because I know I'm going to offend some some righties because they love their guns. But it's like, okay, you're 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 walking around this KFC. You're walking inside it. What you think people are gonna, just going to look at you and not be scared at all? Of course they're going to. I mean, what what's the message you're trying to send? I remember there was a school shooting um, at one point last year or the year before, and a guy brings a handgun and a flag, and, and he tells the media, I'm going to make America great again. Just walk. Like, what message are you sending? I don't care what your political stance is. Like, imagine when these shootings happened, if we all dropped our politi- political stances. Let's face the reality. Parents have died. I, I believe a four-month-old died in one of the shootings. Like, like, we have serious issues going on, and people are so fast to resort to their political allegiance. It's like, can we just drop that for once? Uh, 
And again, it doesn't have to be mass shootings. Like, I wrote the Gary Glitter article, and somebody wrote, oh, I bet Farzine is a lefty that doesn't care about kids getting raped. It's like, what does this have to do with politics? Um, I, I, people even with the whole Tyreek Hill thing were quick to say, well, uh, if you're a righty, you support uh, Tyreek Hill. If you're a lefty, you... Uh, you believe Tyreek Hill should be banned. It's like, why are we getting politics involved in this? I don't understand why everything has to have a political angle. And again, for people who say, let's not talk politics on the podcast, that's what I'm trying to emphasize here. Let's avoid politics as much as we can. Yeah, I'm with you there. I mean, I, I, I personally just get weary of the fact that it seems to permeate every aspect of life. And more often than not, like, don't get me wrong, yeah, come at me with your political take. That's fine, but be be willing to you know back it up and you know, actually have you know, a solid back and forth without just resorting to ad hominem attacks, man. Like, and you know if you don't know what that is, look it up. Uh, you know, it's it's not that hard. You know, be willing to defend your position. Like, I think that's you know I'm all for talking politics, but be willing to you know have a really intellectual conversation about it, not just repeat the same talking points you've heard from one echo chamber or another. Well, unfortunately, that's a very tall order in this day and age. Uh, I can dream. Yeah, 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 me too. Uh, Michael Bisping, uh, former UFC fighter uh, who hosts a podcast, um, they were talking about the shootings, and he mentioned, he kind of said something a little funny. He goes, look, all these people who are, like, so strong for the Second Amendment, they don't even know, like, what the Fourth Amendment is. Yet they're so big on the Second and First Amendments, uh, but they don't know any of the other amendments, nor how many am- – they, could they name how many amendments are there? Uh, he also said something kind of weird but also funny. He mentioned that, you know, if the world ever comes to hell and the army's just, you know, going left and right killing people, your handgun's not going to save you. Now, if you do have an automatic, okay, maybe you defend yourself against one or two of these guys. But after a while, it's like, you're screwed. (laughs) You're screwed. By the way, um, I went to a Bass Pro Shop once, and there was someone in front of me wanting to buy a shotgun. And the guy working at Bass Pro Shop was trying to sell this to him. You know what his selling point was? He goes, if the world goes to hell and you have all the food and water in the world... You can use this to defend yourself and keep all the food and water left. So I'm like, man, the, like we're talking about a zombie Until apocalypse. You run out of ammo, but whatever. I, I uh. mean, we're we're talking about like a zombie apocalypse scenario for this to happen. But I digress. Uh, look, folks, when things happen and when the media gets on it, I know the media can exacerbate things in a very negative manner sometimes. But that doesn't mean we as people have to have a political angle for everything. That is my hot take. If you guys want to, send us a hot take, 913-808-2119. You guys can also tweet us. I did not ask uh, you guys on Twitter nor Facebook, but, hey, feel free to do so anytime. I'll try to remember for next week. Uh, But nonetheless, uh, you guys can also always uh, send us your hot take. Or if you guys just want to give us your opinion on anything we've discussed, anything Chiefs-related or non-Chiefs-related, text us, leave a voicemail at 913-808-2119, facebook.com slash farzimvasugian, twitter.com slash farzim21, is my Twitter handle. Zach is at Z Stegenga. Uh, covered a lot. Uh, a little bit longer than I expected uh, for this episode. Uh, as you've got someone honking uh, outside your apartment. Is that the uh, New York City lifestyle you've got going on there? Yeah. Honestly, I was amazed at how few 
of those sorts of things happened during this recording. Like, I'm very, very <laughs> grateful for that, actually, because that happens all the f- time. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, the that's funny, funny thing is, actually, more often than not, it's not people honking at, you know, like, other cars. It's like, you know, you have to honk at the pedestrians, frankly, here. Oh, I am you know, sure. When you've got the green light, like, you know, I mean, and I know that I do this as a pedestrian, too. Like, I'm watching because it's all one ways, right, for the most part. Uh, so, you know, if I'm looking across the street, you know, I'm looking, and if there's no one close, I'm going to quick go. Um, whereas, you know, if the light's about to change, you know, and I shouldn't have gone, you know, then that's where the people will actually honk at me and be like, hey, no, I'm the car. I actually have the right of way now. Don't be a <laughs> That is I still have funny. yet to go taxi driver on one of them yet, though. I still want to do that at some point, slap the hood and be like, I'm walking here. <laughs> haven't done it yet. <laughs> that is pretty funny. Uh, I was going to ask, uh, any uh, final words before we sign off? But I guess uh, that's your uh, final statement of the podcast. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> You'll just right. have to edit bits and pieces of it because, yeah. That's okay. It got, uh, got saltier. Nonetheless, uh, Chiefs play on Saturday night. We will do a podcast hopefully sometime Sunday morning. And uh, the podcast will be out sometime Sunday afternoon. So, again, you know our social media. You know the number. Subscribe. Share the podcast links. Greatly appreciate everyone who has been doing so. Until then, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the Chiefs game. We will talk to you on Sunday. Take care.